Welcome, you're listening to the Free, Happy and Chiving podcast, where you get online business and marketing tips to help you build a thriving business around your life that gives you the freedom you want. I'm your host, Georgiana Da Costa, and back in 2012, I chose freedom too. I chose not to get a corporate job after graduating, and instead, I started an online business so I can live my dream life. It has brought me so much happiness and freedom from traveling the world to being home with my babies, doing work that I love and truly living my life my way. I'm so excited to help you do the same with your own dreams and goals. Hi, Ina. Thank you so much for being here. I can't even explain how excited I am that you said yes, how excited I am to learn from this conversation with you. Everybody, this is Ina Coveney. She is a business coach and she helps other coaches monetize a tiny audience. And today we have the honor to hear her speak about it. Ina, thank you for being here. It's the biggest honor to have you on this podcast. How are you today? Thank you. First of all, thank you so much for such a great introduction. I wouldn't have said it better myself. Um, And it's so great to be here with you. Really, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And please, in your own words, if you want to introduce yourself, please, Ina, and what you do. So I, like you said, so eloquently, and I have to say, because it's like a tick now. Every time I introduce myself, it's like I always say the same thing. I'm Ina Coveney. I'm a business coach. I specialize in monetizing tiny audiences. It's like my little like tagline. Uh, but what really what all that means is that um, I help coaches, specifically online coaches, to get clients even if they have a small audience. And that kind of came from the fact that most of them have been trying to grow their audiences for so long that they have forgotten the fact that we're here not just to be marketers, not just to go and grow an audience. We're here to actually help people. But because they're so focused on the audience growth, they're not learning the skills and the strategies they need to actually sign clients and help people. So I thought I would kind of flip the script, you know, right on its head and say, okay, fine. You know what? I'm not here to help you grow your audience. I'm here to teach you how to monetize the audience that you already have. Because imagine, imagine the possibilities. Once you learn what to do with the audience you have, once you start growing it, the sky is the limit. Now you know exactly what to do with it. So that's really where it all comes from. That's why that's I'm like the tiny audience coach all of a sudden. And I love it. You're like this message and what you have to say has to be heard more because it's, it's almost like it's a debilitating fear in a way. We all sort of wait for that you know back in the day used to be the 10k because instagram used to give the link yeah right we all felt this threshold and you put it perfectly it's like we forgot that marketing it's meant to sell like small small businesses restaurants or just a small businesses like do this so much simpler they know all they need is a client to the door and easily focus on that but you are right in this online space i think we we feel because we relate it so much and I, I speak from experience as well for myself to our worth to our reputation to our um you know just just we use it to give us a little bit of courage if my you know if my uh, future client sees that I have 10k followers they will believe more in my program even mm. though probably I have 20 years experience in my program right. <laughs> 
So your voice and what you have to say has to be heard more and more and more because it's not it's it's not talked about enough and it's going to help business owners so much, so much. And you just made me think of, you know, well, now that you said, you know, small business owners keep it so simple. I want everybody to believe what I'm about to say, like it's an axiom of life, like this is just the truth. There are two different kinds of businesses out there. I want you to think of them like, like, tears, right? I want you to think of uh, kind of like a bedrock, like a foundational tier. And then you have on top, you have the, uh, uh, you have bedrock and then you have like the street where the cars are going, right? Mm -hmm. So you have like that, that those two worlds where the bedrock is the people who have small audiences have figured out how to monetize it. And you don't really hear about them much. They're kind of underground because they're not the ones that bubble up to the top. The reason Instagram is showing you the content of people who have many followers is because those people have risen to the top of visibility and those are the cars in the street. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what we see is just the cars on the street. We don't see the bedrock. So we look at the cars on the street and we say, that should be me. Wait, because those are the people who are being successful, I need to be in those cars. I need to be the one going fast in, in, you know, in the metaphor. I need to be the one growing my audience so I can get in those cars. While at the same time, the people who are in the bedrock are monetizing their business. They're having six-figure businesses. They're helping dozens of people per year, maybe thousands of people per year, hundreds of people per year, but you won't hear about them because they do not have the large audiences. And guess what? They don't really need them. So am I really going out there and telling people, hey, you know, stop growing your audience. You really need to focus on getting clients. Yes, I am. But I, even I understand that there's a time and place for you to grow your audience. The biggest problem is when you think that growing your audience is your first step. I've actually had like clients come to me who did the audience growth first. And they, can't, they come to me and they're like, okay, so I have 17,000 followers, but they are not buying from me. Ina, what do I do? I'm like, well, you kind of skipped to step 10 when you really needed to start to step one. So now you have to come back to step one. You have to learn how to actually talk to your people, how to get them through the door, how to establish the need and the urgency for your services for a particular person before you can try to do that for 10,000 people. So that's kind of like how I want you to think about it. You don't see the people who are making money with a small audience because simply they do not have the big audience to get the attention of these apps. Because guess what Instagram cares about? Instagram cares about having as wide a reach as possible. And it's going to reward the creators who have the million followers, the 100,000 followers, the 60,000 followers. Ah, because those are the people who are going to create the content to keep all these people engaged. That's why they're getting rewarded. But it's not because they're making money. It's not because their businesses are thriving. In fact, there was a famous TikTok that went viral recently about... Uh, somebody who had 3 million followers and they tried to sell 30 t-shirts and they couldn't, right? It, that, that's what happens when you prioritize audience growth. So I know that it's really hard to stop thinking that way because, I mean, I want 100,000 
followers. I want them. I want them now. I want them yesterday. <laughs> but even I understand that uh, first and foremost, I'm running a business. And that's the most important part to me is to get clients. So for the past four years, since I quit my job, um, that's all I've been doing is just getting clients. While chasing this dream of having the large audience, I want to have the large audience. And I really shot myself in the foot. The first three years of my business, I was just getting into debt every single year because I was trying to buy that course that is going to make me famous and work with that coach is going to make me famous, right? You've been there. It, I just, I want to buy, 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 because these are all the things that are promising that I'm going to be famous by the end of the year. TikTok course. Okay. I'm going to be famous, right? <laughs> when in reality, after the three years, I looked back and I'm like, wait a minute. I did get clients. I did make money. Why am I in so much debt? Why is my every year, my profitability is negative thousands of dollars? Why? And I was so angry at myself for making those decisions that 2021 is the year that I turned it around. I said, this is a year where I'm going to prioritize doing the things that I already know how to do, which is how to get clients, how to get people through the door, how to help them. And I'm going to let go of this audience growth thing. I'm going to let go of this buying every course that I see thing. And I'm just going to help people and make money doing it. 2021 was the year where I went from negative thousands per year to 30% profits. And I never looked back. I'm like, yep, that's <laughs> it. Because I bet you every single person who's listening to this, if you're an entrepreneur, you want to be making money in your business. Getting more followers it's not necessarily the way to get there when you haven't figured out how to do this for a smaller audience because the, the quality of your message and the quality of your offers is something that you can definitely hone without having a big audience. And sorry that we just got off on this <laughs> tangent and me getting on my soapbox and explaining this, um, but it, that's really why there's a demand for my services, helping monetize audiences because people who come to me are not the people who just started their business and decided, well, my first step is to get clients. Nobody starts that way. Everybody starts online saying, okay, now I need to grow the audience. What do I need to do to get to those 10K followers? Every single person. So the clients that come to me have already been trying hard for one year, two years. And they come to me when they're like, okay, everything failed. And now I'm in debt and I have nothing to show for it. So Ina, back to square one, <laughs> show me what I need to do to get clients. And those are the people I end up helping. So I just would love for everybody who's listening to me right now to understand there is an order to things and growing your audience is not going to be step one. And getting those clients, just like you said, that that's, I would just say the first dollar you make in your business, even if it's $1, that's actually, it's like your credibility check. That's actually what's going to cement your business. Just like you said, I know when you said you turn it around for yourself in 2021 and you said, I know how to do this thing. So I'm going to do more of this. Now I made 30% profit and now I'm going up and up and up and up. The thing is, you gave a perfect example. The person that has 3 million followers and couldn't sell 30 t-shirts. Right. I also know of lots of talented, hardworking influencers, travel Blogging was one of the things I tried at the beginning of my business, amongst many other things. Mm -hmm. And I knew so many of them and they had hundreds of thousands of followers, but weren't actually making any money. Yeah, they might have gotten a hotel free or something now and there, but not money. And the thing is, it's like 
it's like this double double edged sword. On this side, you start and you believe you cannot sell because you are not known, or you don't have who to sell with, to sell to, or you don't have enough credibility. And you do all the things, and I've done all the things: the restarting the accounts, the doing all these things, you know, like rebranding and all the things. Then on the other side is when you get lots of followers and you're not selling. Now you're starting mm-hmm. to think, oh my goodness, I've invested all this money just like you said in a like you did i've done all of this and i'm still not getting clients there must be something wrong with me which normally it isn't normally it's because you went viral to a non-target audience like i i remember i was recently and i've as of the last couple of years i've learned more of this that's why your your um, message resonated so much with me because i've it's like i i think a little bit like this but i don't, I don't fully feel like this but the way you speak it's so fresh because even to this day, even some of my favorite coaches that are solid coaches that know how to take people from zero still teach audience first. And it still sometimes feels disheartening because you feel like they are teaching you to wait this time and you shouldn't wait. I'm a marketing consultant. Service is the main core of my business. I have courses, I market all of this, but for my consultancy clients who are uh, cosmetic clinics in London, they are not viral on Instagram, yet they turn over millions. I manage their Instagram accounts. While Instagram is not the main source of clients, they get a lot of clients from Instagram. They, yeah. Those clients account from Instagram alone for over six figures a year, if not over six years, six figures a month sometimes. Some of them don't have more than a thousand followers or have had for a long time. It's not the only way. And yes, you won't see them and there won't be the clinics that went viral, but there are the clinics that are doing great business, helping their clients, helping their business, and it all works. You will yeah. notice just the ones that went viral. And just because they went viral with a fun reel, that doesn't mean it sold anything. So your message, Ina, needs to be heard. Most of my listeners are people that are moms, like us. Oh my God. <laughs> my respect to all the moms. <laughs> and they want to start the business. Some of them are, have already dipped their um, toes in the business. Some of them have tried some things and some of them are right at the inception of it. They're currently in a maternity leave or they're currently in their job or they're planning just to have a baby very soon and trying to um, to create this. Some of them have been trying for a while and are ready to really do it. So I know that as they listen to this, they will get, and my hope is as they listen to your incredible message and the way that you, you deliver it so well and really instill confidence just through your message. I cannot imagine through your programs. That's going to be <laughs> another level. Um, that they, they get ahead of this. And hopefully we, yeah. we, we save everyone some heartache of... Yeah. Uh, you know, because it's it's. A, I I feel for me and for lots of people I speak to, and a lot of people in my audience tell me, I feel like I just have to build an audience. I feel I have nobody. I, where do I start? Should I start on Instagram? Should I? And it's all great. Of course, we have to have an audience, but I'm so excited. Thank you for being here. You uh, and can I and can I just like point out just one thing? And this is actually really good news for anybody who actually doesn't really like to be on social media much um, because there's been this whole 
this whole misconception that we're trying to bust that myth here that you need to be a personality, you need to grow your audience in order to have a viable business online. So there's a lot of people who are introverts and they or they're shy or they just simply do not want their presence plastered all over the internet. And they, they're dreading the fact that everybody's telling them that they need to be out on, on social media, growing that audience and basically becoming a celebrity. And they're like, oh, but I, can I do that without? Yes, you can. Now, I'm not saying you don't need a, a social media presence. You do need a social media presence. You need to talk to your audience. What I'm telling you is that the only way to do this is not to become a celebrity online. You can actually just become a personality or a, a person of interest, right? To the people that you want to talk to, right? And that is a completely different vibe than saying everybody needs to become a celebrity online. Um, so there's that kind of person. And then there's the other kind of person who's like, you know what? I do want to become a celebrity online. I do want a hundred thousand followers. And that, that ego gets in the way of your business growing because you even if you were making a hundred thousand dollars a year but you only had two thousand followers to you to that person it would still feel like a failure it will still feel like yeah but but my audience is not growing yeah. but i you know i reinvested most of my money into trying to grow the audience so it's not like i really got to keep that much so it, that will always feel like a failure because it will never feel like enough it will never feel like you have enough of an audience. So the truth lies somewhere in between, right? It's not like you need to completely relinquish social media to have a business. It's not like you have to become a 3 million follower celebrity to have a business. The truth lies somewhere in between. Yeah. You can have a great business with a small audience. And that small audience is not just any random person. It's people who actually want to be there, who want to hear your message, right? And how... What a relief it is to know that you don't have to just go out there and put on a show for strangers. What a relief it is to just be able to pick up the phone, record a story or go live and know that your ideal best friend kind of client is listening. And it's a completely different vibe. So growing your audience is just the sexy thing, but it is a shiny object syndrome thing. So focus on the business is what I would say. I, I have so much to say about this, but I really wanted to to put that in there. It's true, it's true. And it touched our worth from it, so important. Because just like you said, you can make the money and still think, oh, but I haven't done the audience. It's just it's just a part of the process, you know? I guess I, here's the thing. I love marketing the way it is today. I will never go back. This is the <laughs> best part of marketing. I love tracking. My favorite part of marketing is ads and social media and content and all of this. But if you think back in the day, People just put like a billboard up and you they'll just put like an ad. They don't really have much control over the stats of what, yeah. what happened. And ultimately, what did they say? I'm just going to put myself out there. I know mm. that I need to put myself out there somewhere, somehow. Whether you use camera or not, whether, of course, put yourself out there so people know about you. But just like you said, it's not, it's not whether you... It's all about making money in the business. It's it's one of the things that sometimes we run away from. But it's I know that you have a program coming soon, right? That's get, it's called Get Clients Next. Yeah, I love how you speak about it. I've I've watched your your um your videos on Instagram. Thank <laughs> you. Is it's all about that. It's truly to the core, all about clients it's the only way we can actually help somebody because instagram is nice to attract to inspire to educate to let people know but we don't help anybody and 
definitely not our business unless we get some clients <laughs> right i think it's the most important part is to remember we're not just walking marketing departments is we yeah. are coaches like i speak to coaches but like if you're an entrepreneur you're there to help people to give them some joy to give them like, whatever it is that you do for them to give them better health whatever it is that you do that's why you're here you're not here to become an expert marketer who's just out there marketing things that's not your zone of genius is to help people so let's just prioritize that Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Marketing and sales, one thing. I think we've touched on the second question, but I would love to uh, know a little bit more about you uh, and for our audience. So how did you start your business? What's your story? I know you're a mom as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about it? <laughs> yeah, so I am a mom. I have two amazing, wonderful boys, Gregory and James. Uh, they are 11 and 5. They're, they're beautiful. I talk about them in my stories. You, you can see them in my stories all the time. I, wonderful kids. <laughs> uh, and I actually started my businesses because like this is not the first business that I've started. I started my businesses both times on maternity leave because I was in corporate. I was a project manager for software, um, software projects. I managed developers and, you know, creating custom applications. And I loved my job. Like, I'm not the kind of person that's like going out there like, oh, I hated working and I wanted something. I loved my job. And sadly, my story is one of being in toxic workplaces, in feeling like it was always an uphill battle that as, and I was really good at my job. Like, like you got to know, I was not the bottom of the barrel by any means. I was a rising star in my company. Wherever I went, I was the one impacting change. So when I got screwed over for the last time, I just decided this is just not worth it. I am not, I'm sorry, I'm not Joan of Arc. I am not going to spend the next 30 years fighting a battle for corporate recognition. I'm just not going to. I am just a human being. I am a mom. I want to live a happy, prosperous life. And if corporate is not the environment that is providing that for me, then you know what? That's when I chose. I'm going to hire myself because I think I'm awesome. I'm going to hire myself to build the life that I want to make the money that I want for my family. So after yeah, I created, I created my first business when my 11-year-old had just been born because anybody knows that if you're on maternity leave, um, you know, you've never had this much time off of work in a row in a really long time. So even though you're having a baby and doing all the hard things that come with being a mom, in your mind, you're like, this is time off. This is three months off that I can do whatever I want with it. You don't realize, you know, you are actually learning how to be a mom, how to take care of a baby. But like that's, that's what, it's like maternity leave is like, okay, this is my time. I need to do something. So I started my very first business during maternity leave making websites. I, I have a computer science degree. I've been in software for a long time. That was just my soft spot. My sweet spot was making websites. So I started to get into that area. Um, and I my very first website that I made, I made for free. Uh, and I, I just went down to the diner in my town and I said, I noticed you don't have a website and I love your fresh squeezed orange juice. So why don't you have a website? Let me make it for you for free. You don't have to do anything. I'll just make it for you. They said, yes. 
I created it. I posted it on Facebook. I said, I just did this. And I started to get clients. I started to get referrals. I didn't have a social media account. Yes. I didn't even know about social media marketing. It, it, I, I had no idea. This was 2012, uh, 2011, 2012. I didn't know about social media marketing, yeah. I, but I knew about making websites. So I was making websites for restaurants or for a church or for you know something else. I even started a podcast because podcasting started to become bigger. 2012, I'm a dinosaur in podcasting years because I was really early to get into podcasting, but I'm like, I, I'm, I'm a technically curious person. So I'm like, I wonder if I can do that. So I did. I started a podcast back then. And this is, I have a podcast now called The Global Phenomenon about the online coaching world. And that's my fourth podcast to date, right? So started down that path. I started getting my clients. I was just making a little bit of money per month. Then um, years later, I ran into the online marketing space and I fell in love. I'm like, what? I had no idea that you could be your own, like we were talking about, be your own celebrity, right? I was just dazzled by the whole like Hollywood of it, right? It's like, oh my God, this, you can be famous. You can be famous online. What? <laughs> uh, so I just started delving a little bit into it, not really doing much because I was working full time. Then I had my second baby. I was on maternity leave. My position was just pulled from under me like a rug and I just fell on my face and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to go back to this environment. It's just not worth it to me. So I talked to my husband, we looked at our finances, made sure that this was viable. And I decided to just take a one year break from working until, you know, I, I can feel like this business is going somewhere. Got myself a business coach and I said, okay, I want to do this. What do I do? right? Start from scratch. Um, it was my first time even realizing that money mindset was a thing. I didn't know mindset was a thing. I've always been a go-getter. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it and I'll do it really well. Um, I'm not the kind of person who like, if I procrastinate is because I am doing something else that I was supposed to be doing. So like, that's kind of how I move forward in my tasks. By procrastinating from doing this thing, I'm going to do this other thing that I'm doing. So I'm <laughs> technically always being productive, even though it feels like procrastination. So I'm, I'm like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. What are the steps? What Just, just tell me. So my coach very wisely started noticing a few speech patterns, right? Like, oh, but people are not never going to buy that or like, um, oh, people are never going to be able to afford that or I can't afford it. Or they started to just notice these like little things. It's like, mm, you need to work on your mindset. And I understand that you're like, she didn't want to violently wake up a sleepwalker. Right. <laughs> so she's like, how about listen to some of these podcasts? see what you think. And my mind just opened up to like mindset. I'm like, I didn't know mindset was a thing, right? Mindset is 80% of the thing, yeah. right? I was like stuck in the 20% trying to like grind and do things. I'm like, I had no idea mindset had anything to do with this. So I started learning about what it's like to be a business owner and the things that get in your way and evolving your ideas and evolving the kind of clients you work with. My very first business idea when I, in my second maternity leave when I quit my job was I'm going to teach other moms how to make WordPress websites so that they can stay home with their kids and make some disposable income on the side. I went and I talked to moms and it turns out 
they had zero interest in learning how to make websites, but they had a dream. Every single one of them had a dream to do something else other than their job. Um, I still didn't listen to that. I still said, ah, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So I spent six months creating a course to teach moms how to create WordPress sites, which no surprise to anyone, only like four people bought it. Right. And I never talked about that course again. I spent six months of my life creating it and I never talked about it again. <laughs> right. So I'm like, okay, so maybe it's time to start listening and actually helping people that somebody very wise that year told me, have you thought about doing coaching? I'm like, coaching? What? I, I had a coach. I'm like, what? Coaching? Like, is that? So I started coaching and this, the world just started to open up. Uh, what I want everybody to be getting out of this is not that my path is the right path. I want you to get the point that by action, things started to evolve. I didn't spend that year trying to plan what my business would be or the perfect way to have a social media strategy. I just did. Yeah. I, I got myself some help, somebody who was an expert at this, and I would ask them questions and I would go and do and come back to her and be like, okay, I did that. Now what? I did that. Now what? I did that. Now what? Oh, look at that. Okay. Now let's try this. And now let's try this. And now let's try this. So it's been four years, almost five years in the making of me just evolving these ideas to the point of here. And actually I found a post uh, recently. I was just looking at my archives on a Facebook group that I started back in 2018. Mm -hmm. And there was a poll asking people what I should call my masterclass. And it was still like, you know, the, 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 not the mystery, the five minute, uh, the five minute sales call, something, something like that, like that. I had a masterclass called like the five minute sales call. Um, then I had some others like how to blah, blah, blah with a small audience, how to blah, 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 even though your audience has not grown. And that was like the inception of me testing that message until my masterclass names switched to get clients with a tiny audience and it just resonated. And that's what I've been talking about for the past year. The tiny audience stuff is only a year old, but now I'm feeling so much more comfortable in it. And I would have never landed here if it wasn't because I tried everything else. So if there's one thing that I have for everybody listening is don't just stop and plan and ideate what you're supposed to do, but just come up with an idea and try it. Just do it. Fall on your face, get back up, do it again. Fall on your face, get back up, tweak something, try again. Think of different things. Like for, for the first few years, it's going to be a lot of evolution, but you gotta let that happen through those actions. Has that been kind of your experience? Like, or did you wake up one day and like, I think I came up with a perfect business idea. I think that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Ina, I woke up, I went live on Instagram, millionaire. <laughs> right? Second day, millionaire. People right. are handing me money. Exactly. It's, you know, I started in 2012 as well. So when you're oh, yeah. saying all those things and all those things that were going on at the time, I was learning WordPress as well and, and all those things literally the same. You can't skip the journey. And I'm still on my yeah. journey. And I'm I'm been full-time in my business since 2012 yet I'm still on my journey because yeah. uh, for me and I know for you too and I know for everyone listening online business is not just a means to make money you said it when you decided that you know what I'm going to employ myself 
Mm-hmm. Create this life to prosper, to be happy, and that's that's why I have my business. That's why I named the podcast "Free, Happy, and Thriving." It was it was a different name as well before. I think it was "Take the Leap and Thrive, Lioness." <laughs> yeah. The 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 main goal always for me in my business, and what I aim to help other people as well with, and help moms. I'm very passionate about helping moms since I've become a mom as well because I understand that urgency in. In everything is at a higher cost. Everything you do, it takes away from this thing that's happening so fast, which is motherhood and your kids growing so fast. So for me, business has always been about freedom, has always been about my dreams, my creativity, believing in myself. Like very, I relate so much with your story. While I wasn't, I wasn't actually in corporate per se at all, although I did have two bridge jobs because I wasn't making enough money for London. Yeah. So whenever we'll, we'll travel and whenever we'll move back to London, it just wasn't enough. And I will get a corporate job in addition to, and that, that there has been a good four years of constantly trying to figure out this business. And sometimes not knowing where my next, you know, hundred dollars is coming from. And then things start adding up and adding up and adding up in the past six years. And I'm still on my journey because I have so much more I want to give and achieve and create. And just like you said, it's not, I've been planning. I've been, mm-hmm. I've, I've done it fast like you. That was my service business that I still have today. I teach that system and that I always say this is the best system ever. I've done it very similar to you, which is just sell something small, quick, like you sold your first WordPress website. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what the point is. I also have planned for months courses, <laughs> six six to 12 months in the making. I never saw the light of day. Right. Been there. Oh my God. I spent an entire year creating a freebie <laughs> that never saw the light of day. And by the time that I actually wanted to release it, it was so outdated that it didn't even work anymore. I mean, yeah. And, and the lesson really is that just have to put ourselves out there. All of this, um, coaches that we follow everyone kind of follows somebody different depending on who they relate to and what stage they're at they what i'm seeing in everyone they just tried they, i love to go back and look at the first youtube videos the first instagram post they look just as me as everybody as me when i started or as me right now or like it's just everybody starts somewhere and yeah. it's just like you said you can't skip the journey you have to figure it out and there are times that things pick up straight away and there's times that you wait longer. But just like you're saying it, I would always advise everyone just focus on getting that revenue in because what will keep you in business at the end of the day will make the difference between you saying, I need to go back to work or I need to do something different. It's ultimately money. And sometimes I feel like we we are a little bit afraid to talk about it unless we're talking about, you know, millions or six-figure days or th- great. But let's talk about like from the very beginning, get the first hundred, get the second hundred, get the first thousand, get the first two thousand. Just keep on getting that, right? With yeah. everything, with your social media, with everything that you do. And your your journey is just just like mine, Nina. Just a lot of figuring out and stacking that money together. And going, you know, around and and I started a podcast in 2015. But Good for you! Wow, I didn't stick with it. <laughs> the plan yeah, was no. very expensive when I was hosting it, and then I just left it. So, like, I wish I did. I love your podcast, The Global Phenomenon. We'll link all the things in the show notes because no, amazing. thank you, and good for you for starting a podcast in 2015. I mean, I think- uh, you're a you're a trailblazer. 
right? No, I, I, I maybe recorded two episodes and then I stopped. It was this website. I don't know if you know that platform. Oh, what was it? I loved it. it was What's it called? Something with R. Something with like R. They repositioned and this other one that's getting advertised a lot. I don't know if you know about it. It was one like before it was around where pretty much everything was WordPress. But there was... Yeah. Something with I, uh, not Riverside. I don't know what. It was like, I think it was like $150 a month or something. And you had like these really wonderful templates on your website and an embedded podcast. And they were one of the first to have it. Yeah. I actually, when I started my podcast, I knew that, and especially back in the day, like I didn't want to like invest money in my business in any way. Like I was a, I was a cash hoarder, right? <laughs> like I would make my money and I would keep it in my savings account. Little did I know I was just shooting myself in the foot because the more profit you make, the more you pay to the IRS. So I was basically making money for the purposes of paying taxes. Like that's all my, my business was, was there for. Uh, I didn't really understand that you actually have to reinvest back in the business yeah. so that you don't pay so much in taxes. And I didn't understand all that. So it's just hoarding cash. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to pay for anything. The one thing that I did pay for that is it okay if I like put in an affiliate link just for this? Because I'm telling you, like, I've been with this company since 2011, since the beginning of my business. And I have tried different companies. And this is the one that I just keep going back to, okay? Which is my hosting service. My hosting service for my website is called iPage. Uh, so if you go to theglobalphenomenon.com slash iPage, that, it, and that is, included. thank yeah. you. There's a letter I and then page like pages in a book, I page, no spaces, no dashes or anything. Uh, thank you very much. It is an affiliate link, but I, it's just rightfully shared in there because I page allows you to create with like with a really cheap account. Like they're, they're the most inexpensive service out there. I can create as many WordPress websites and as many email addresses as I want on the last, under a single domain. And this was really important, especially for me back in the day, because I was making websites for clients. I needed to be able to test things. So I could spin up a WordPress site like it's nobody's business. But I've tried other services. And with the minimal account, they only allow you to have one WordPress site. And I've never understood that. Because for less money, I can have as many WordPress as I want. So you may be thinking, why do I need that many WordPress sites? Like, why would a normal person need that many? Well, if you're if you built your website and then you want to re recreate it, right, rebrand it on everything, if you only have the ability to have one, that means that you have to take your website down for a while while you're rebuilding the site on that same WordPress installation and then bring it back up. While if you can create as many WordPress sites as you want, you can actually create another one while the other one is live, yeah. figure it out, build it, and then just transfer, just redirect the domain. So that's just one use case. But for me, I create one for everything, right? Uh, and I'm not going to get dive deeper into that. But anyway, no, but uh, with iPage... I understand you, like when you have an offer up, yeah. Right? So with iPage... Um, I just went and I created a WordPress site for whatever podcast I was creating because every time that I had an idea, I would create a new website for it. I'm like, okay, so I have an idea. I'm going to have a cooking blog. WordPress site would come up. And, okay, I have my cooking blog. Oh, wait, that didn't really pan out. I'm going to have just a personal diary and people are just going to love me so much. They're going to fall in love with me. And that's what's going to make me famous. So I spin up another WordPress site, right? So it was, I was paying the same fee for having as many sites as I wanted. So I, when I created my, my podcast, I spun up a new WordPress site 
and I hosted my own podcast. I didn't pay for anything. I just used a free plugin, which by the way, now I don't know if it's paid. I'm sure it's paid, but it's a big company now. It's called Blueberry um, and it's missing some vowels in there. Like it's not actually Blueberry. It's like Blueberry. Uh, like it's, it's missing some vowels in there, like they made it proprietary. Um, but I installed the Blueberry plugin, which was free, and I would host my files in my host. So I would stream my own podcast and it was accessible everywhere on iTunes and on Spotify, but I didn't have to pay for a host. So I actually had three of my podcasts that way because I wasn't really interested in all the analytics either because I was just interested in creating the content uh, and it was out there. I didn't have to pay anybody anything extra other than my iPage host. So, uh, but it wasn't until this podcast that I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to level up so I got myself a hosting service and now I have actual analytics and I can do ad insertion, which is something that I couldn't do with my old WordPress. So we, we start where we're, where we're at, right? Where we're comfortable. Yeah. We don't have to spend all of our money on the first year because we think we need to. Everything can just be very simple. Uh, my, one of my clients was actually asking me, hey, so I'm doing a pre-sale. She's launching a new coaching program. I'm doing a pre-sale. Do I need a sales page for the pre-sale? I'm like, look, you actually never ask me that question again if you need something. Because the answer is most likely going to be no. Because mm -hmm. you could totally just pull up uh, Google Slides, create a free Zoom account, and have a webinar, and just tell people to email you. Literally, you need nothing. And then I answer her question. But if that's what you really want to do, then this is what you would do with a sales page. But really, to start... Everything can be free. <laughs> you don't need anything. It can be really minimal costs. Uh, that's how I encourage everybody to start out is get the, get the message out. Get the offer squared away. Get people talking to you at your offer. And you do not need to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month on technical stuff, on ads. You can definitely start just where you're at. What's most important when you start is your offer, your ideal client, your positioning, your messaging. And you don't need money for that. Just hone that and talk to people that's it that's it and i can talk from experience that sometimes when i felt like in that example i was giving you i spent that whole kind of like maybe i had just quit the first job i had as a bridge job and i was doing my service business and i wanted to put this this i think membership out that was already selling but then i got myself so caught up in this perfect design and perfect interface i must have the best membership interface i was charging like nine dollars for it or something like that but it had to be the best and mm -hmm. this expensive software and i spent like weeks upon weeks learning it and designing it and designing it again and color schemes and then started a podcast on it and chose the most expensive tier of the program and guess what I ran out of my savings and I had to cancel it and then I kind of made it all about that mm. and I actually gave up the membership um, model side of my business for a long time because when that whole thing kind of broke apart it was mostly because I was stretching myself too thin paying for things thinking they need to be perfect when in fact some of the people that bought that membership are still with me today have mm -hmm. still paid for other things and now none of them have ever referenced that the the interface was so good and I know it because I really care about the interface when I buy mm -hmm. Whether I pay $10 when I pay like $1,000, I buy like 
$1,000 courses that are literally hosted on Zoom and just put on like a YouTube link on a page and that's it. And I get the same value from them because um, I've really paid for the content, for the energy of the coach, for their experience, for their knowledge. And that's why it's really about. So just like you said, it's, it's, it's the perfect advice, I think, Ina, because oftentimes we can also cancel ourselves out of it because we can't sustain the cost. And it used to be a story that I told myself, especially around 2014, I kept that story. Oh no, but my other business, because I always said my service business, I have it to this day, but I always had this other dream of membership courses, books. And -hmm. I would always tell myself that, oh, because it costs so much. But in fact, of course, first of all, now things are actually much more accessible and cheaper than back then. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of free stuff back then, but you had to be very techy. And I was techy, but sometimes it feels exhausting, doesn't it? You just want the yeah. off-the-shelf thing. Nowadays, oh my goodness, nowadays there is an unlimited supply of perfectly off-the-shelf, done-for-you, plug-and-play, watch a YouTube tutorial and do it in two minutes, things for free, and follow, follow in as advice and do it as cheap as possible at the beginning. You will know when it's a good time to invest. Yeah. And if you're spending 10 hours and you could spend one, yes, invest some money if you can sustain it. But if not, yeah, it's not about that. It's not. It's, it's one of those things that when it comes to investments, I, now that I've learned, right, the hard way, this is after three years of banging my head against the wall with investments that I thought I needed and I really didn't. My big rule for it is what problem are you trying to solve? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to tell you right now, my business makes thousands of dollars per month and my memberships, my membership portal is a Facebook group, which I pay nothing for. Right. Um, now I have a course portal, which I pay a pretty penny for because that, that was a problem that needed to be solved. I use Kajabi and I'm, I, I hate to look like the, the billboard for all these things, but I've been with Kajabi for four years uh, because it's all in one. And yes, I have an affiliate link and it's the global phenomenon.com slash Kajabi. Thank you very much. But like, with Kajabi. Because I, I did try Kajabi and you can only be an affiliate if you're with them. I just couldn't figure them out. But because I'm a lead pages person, sorry, we'll lead- just- Softwares, but <laughs> you do you do the one that you're comfortable but with. It would be you have a free trial, right? So you'll share, right? It would it would be impossible for me to switch to a different system now because I'm used to it. So do whatever is comfortable for you. You don't but have Kajabi, to just because no Kajabi is beautiful. It's perfect. Right? I tried it. Um, it's really good. It's nice. Yeah, and a lot of people are swapping to it. Yeah. So what problem was I trying to solve? Was I actually on purpose looking for the most expensive solution in the market? Like, no, I, I saw my coach, my very first coach that I just told you about, I saw my coach fiddling with multiple different systems all at once. She had lead pages and she had click funnels and she had a Sam card and she had something, a thinkific and teachable and like all these things. And I'm like, Okay, Kajabi does all of that in one place. So I felt like, you know, if I'm going to be putting out my courses, because like I told you, I spent the first six months of my business creating a course. I'm like, okay, so I need a platform that will hold hold a course. And Kajabi has the course and the checkout pages and my mailing list and my emails. Like everything is in the same place. I was solving that problem for myself. Like I wanted everything in one. That's why I'm going to do that. Uh, For my membership, I haven't, 
had a problem that is big enough that I need to go and invest into a different system. I've seen other coaches switch to Circle. Circle is a really big one for memberships right now, right? Uh, to have their community all in one place and all that stuff. And I'm like, I haven't felt the need to do that. So I, I don't have a problem right now that I need to solve with money. So that's what I would say. You start with the low level, right? Some people, I have clients who are on MailChimp, right? And by the way, I don't, I don't try to sell Kajabi to all of no, my no, clients no. because We it's the most- making that decision. <laughs> right? Kajabi is really the most expensive tool out there in the market. And I will say that outright. Like if, you're, if yeah. that's not where you're at, don't start there. I tell my clients, get yourself a MailChimp account, okay? Yeah. I do, like I used to say, just get the free one, but now MailChimp is not allowing you to schedule emails in advance unless you pay. So I'm like, just get the lowest paying like level of MailChimp. You have landing pages uh, that, you know, like I've tried um, ConvertKit yeah, and with ConvertKit, my, my biggest problem with ConvertKit is I can't easily just create a landing page that doesn't have a form in it. You can't remove areas and add areas easily with ConvertKit. So with ConvertKit, I have to like do a workaround, like create a page that has a form, not use it, create a thank you page for it, and then use that. So if I want a page that doesn't have a form, I have to use like the thank you page and not use yeah. it. It's just, you know, it's way too much of a workaround. With MailChimp, I can. I can create a landing page that doesn't have a form in it. I can add and remove things. Um, I can have, I can tag my people. If you're paying for MailChimp, you can have uh, other automations, customer journey happen, right? So you start with the lowest. Yeah. And once you run into a problem that that tool can't solve, consider your options and shop around. Yeah. But don't just make the decision that, oh, because everybody's using Circle and I want to start a membership, then maybe should I have a That's start it. free, come yeah. up with what problem you're running into because you're in the free version and then move up as you're solving problems. That's the best advice that I have everybody to give. It's not a great, it's not a representation of the quality of a program. You, you've put it perfectly. If your tech is overwhelming, if it's problematic, if it's not doing upgrade that way. Absolutely. And the thing is, we were, um, I ran recently, well, in August, I did a launch and um, talking about um, making money with services. Uh, and um, one of the main things that a lot of people were wondering is that what you just explained here. I want to start a course, but what platform should I use? But what should mm -hmm. I do? It's not like it's not to be underestimated on the fact that people do actually get so stuck at this stage and so stuck when they find a tool that is completely out of the budget. So I right. think that, yeah. Right. Okay, we don't have much long. And I want to get into a few quick, juicy questions that I want to ask you. So I want to, so a couple of the questions I had here, you've answered them. You've told us more about your philosophy and what you did. I want to ask you a straight shooting question. <laughs> so when you talk about monetizing, with, <laughs> I wish you could see. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, bring it, yeah. bring it. What I'm, is it? I'm going to go into it, into the detail. So I'm going to ask you the honest truth because you talk about monetizing a tiny audience and, and how well you can do. And you talk how you went six figures before your first 1K. So what I want to ask you is, do you focus on your social media audience only or do you combine it with an email list to monetize that audience? I do both. I do both. My leads come from my podcast, my social media, they get into my mailing list and most of my sales 
come out of my mailing list. Is that straight enough for you? <laughs> straight. I love that. I love that because I always tell everybody, don't underestimate the power of the email list. When I started yeah. Before I read this book called The Laptop Millionaire, and it was that you know, straight after the recession, when the whole thing was no, sorry, the laptop entrepreneur, when the whole thing boomed with the internet, and that book had one message: the money is in your list. I ignored that message <laughs> until as of recently, yeah. because I did lots of things and lots of social media accounts and lots of things, but it's always the list. Right. So yeah. I, I will never ignore that again because it's been since the beginning of time. Back in the day, businesses used to talk about your like addresses book and who do you know and keep everyone's number and find a way to stay in touch with with them. This is the modern. Right. So, OK, I, I really wanted to ask you that because I, 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 of course, suspected that that would be the main thing as a every like great entrepreneur. OK. Uh, all right, so uh, we have one minute, guys. So I'm going to ask one last question of Ina. If our listeners could do one thing today to start monetizing the Tanyan audience, what would you have them do? Go through your followers list. Identify who you would jive with, who you would get along with, who would be a great client, collaborator, or mentor, and start having conversations with them, period. Get to know them. Get to know their story. What are they doing today? What are they posting about? Share about them. Uh, go to their stories and, and answer their polls. Start engaging with the followers that you currently have. Amazing. Ina, thank you so much. Sorry we don't have much time, but you're going to give us all the links, right, for everything, the affiliate uh, links that you mentioned. And do you, want, do you have a minute to tell us a little bit what you have coming up soon? Um, yeah. And I, I am actually in the middle, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but I'm in the middle of promoting a brand new program that is based on my one-on-one -on -one work. Um, and it's called Get Clients Next, as you pointed out. So if you go to getclientsnext.com, doesn't matter when this podcast comes out, it will tell you what to do next to start learning a little bit more about it. But that's what we do. I help my clients monetize a small audience. So we learn all the, the skills that you need to build social authority, even if you have a small audience and learn how to put your offers out there so that people can take them. So getclientsnext.com, I think would be a great place. But if you just want to connect with me, send me a DM, tell me you heard you heard of me here. Um, I'm on Instagram at your engagement coach. And thank you so much, Georgiana, for having me. This has been really lovely. I could talk about this all day. Thank you. It's been even more incredible than I thought. Thank you for sharing your road journey and for so much advice. Everything is going to be in the show notes for everybody listening in, all the links, everything, so you can go find out about Ina. And, you know, if you resonate with this, please do go and tell her um, how you felt about this, what you learned. And thank you, Masi. It's been an honor, honestly. Uh, I just thank you so much for being here. This is incredible. I resonated thank so much you. with your story even more. Thank you. Thank you so much, Georgiana, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye.